You're listening to And you're listening to the Collabcast, a podcast about pop culture and the creative life from an Asian American perspective. Episode 144, <laughs> a very most auspiciously unlucky number in the Chinese culture. Why are you being British? <laughs> it is Tuesday, October the 31st, 2017. Happy Halloween, I don't even know what's everybody. happening right now. <laughs> Welcome to the Collabcast. My name is Marvin Ye. I'm Minji Chang. And we are your hosts for this weekly look at spooky Asian American pop culture. Is it though? Is it? <laughs> I'm your troll. This is just. I want to thank my uh, my special sound effects uh, coordinator, <laughs> our guest for this week, <laughs> Mr. Simu Lu. Thank you. I'm I'm totally okay with not doing an interview and just yeah, let's you know, do backing let's, let's you just, guys up. Let's just talk scary he's gonna, stories. He's going to be our sound effects <laughs> for the rest. What shall we theme this as? <laughs> this is Tales of the Crypt collaboration style. Simu, of course, is visiting Tales us from. Of the crypt. Wow, you're really good. <laughs> Voice acting 101. Simu is an actor um, based out of my hometown or my birth place of birth, Toronto, <laughs> Toronto, Ontario. Yeah, you're one of us. The beginning of Marvin talking um, about how he's Canadian. <laughs> I am totally Canadian. But he's so on not. Paper. I don't care. Totally, on paper. Legally, legally, I am Canadian. Um, How much time have you spent cumulatively in Canada? <laughs> like a year and a week. Probably. A year and a week. Yeah. Okay, cool. No, maybe more, Let's more date like, and analyze this. Maybe more like 15 months. How Canadian so. are you? How much syrup do you consume? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, that's a stereotype. But, he doesn't okay. know. He doesn't know what area he grew up in mm. or where his parents are. So that's, I like this. Let's continue the grilling. <laughs> I'm gonna check a map while you guys talk, because um, I know I know roughly where it is. I know it's near a um, a bake shop. That's all you there need you to go. know. That's there all you, you need go. to know. That's Done. all you need to know. Um, Simu, of course, is uh, one of the stars of the hit Canadian television series Kim's Convenience. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, which is now into its second season. Uh, yeah, we just finished. Uh, we finished shooting. It's airing right now. And uh, and last season, our so our season one was the Highest rated Canadian comedy of 2016. Wow. Hey. Yeah. Um, for those of you who don't know, Kim's Convenience is a, um, I guess it's a sitcom featuring a family that runs a um, convenience store. Yeah. Called Kim's Convenience. And it's based on a play originally yeah. written by Anne's Troy called Kim's Convenience. Oh, I didn't know it was a play. That's yeah, amazing. Yeah. The guy that plays the father was in the original play. Oh, mm-hmm. I love it. Yeah. He's mm-hmm. so good. He's so <laughs> He's funny. amazing. Um, of course, we can't actually watch it legally here in the <laughs> States yet, um, but there are some, you know... We find our way. There are some quasi, quasi... Listen, I can't publicly <laughs> endorse any of those ways, but you guys do what you got to do, right? I just want well, people we want to contribute it. towards uh, viewership. Yeah. Simu plays the older brother of the family, who is uh, estranged, right? 
Yeah, yeah. Jong is, um, you know, he has this whole backstory where he runs away from home or he's kicked out. The details are kind of fuzzy. And, um, you know, there's kind of an animosity between him and Appa. And, uh, you know, much of the show is spent kind of figuring out, sussing out where they're at and, you know, their kind of repeated attempts to reconcile or maybe not. Oh, yeah. So, story of my life. <laughs> I think a lot of people's lives. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Well, we're going to talk to Simu more about his experiences and the show after our break. But we start off every show with a roundtable where we go around and talk about what's on our minds in the world of pop culture and Asia, America slash Canada. Asian American Canada. <laughs> um, and this week, uh, who wants to go first? Me, you want to go first? Uh, sure. Uh, my topic is the infuriating topic that a lot of people have been posting about. Which one? Yeah. The the World Series one, which, I mean, I live in Los Angeles. Uh I am a Giants fan. Go Giants. So don't care at all about the World Series at all. Um, That's fine because I'm talking about it because that was my topic. Oh, my bad. I'm sorry to read the email. Totally go ahead. It's fine. Like, this is my topic. My yeah, topic. It's my topic. I don't care. Like, who cares? I'm just talking about what I want to talk about. Baseball, sports, baseball whatever. Dumb. Unless it's Bay Area sports, and then I care so much. I Minji mean, only cares when the Giants, like when the Giants were in the World Series two years ago. She was like, "We have to go watch a game." Like, I've never seen you watch any baseball ever before mm. this. That's how I care. Don't care about it. I'm owning it. <laughs> whatever. Um, but no, and the, the what's his name? You're. You, uh, Guriel? Guriel. Guriel. Yeah. Guriel. Yeah. Fuck that guy. So, uh. Um, yeah, okay. So, I'll, yeah. I'll say, because you're always my storyteller. He, he made, did he make a home run? He hit a home run hit off a home of run. Hugh Darvish, who yeah. is the, uh, one of the star pitchers of the Dodger pitching staff. He is yeah. half Iranian, half Japanese. Um, was a huge star back in Japan before he came here, played for a couple years with the Rangers, and then got traded to the, Dodgers this year. Yeah, and then so he's sitting on the sideline, camera's right on him with like anybody who's just hit a home run, you should be like if you're that dumb to think that the camera's not on you at any point in the World Series and what are you doing? <laughs> and then he does the whole the The chinky eye. The, the chinky eye. eye. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. What else is new? And it's just so like Yeah, I don't know <laughs> I don't know what scenario is worse. The scenario where he thinks that he's getting away with this like offensive gesture or the one where he doesn't even think it's offensive and so is just like, oh, I don't care if the camera's on me. I'm going to do this anyway. I'm right. going to make fun well, of this guy. Then there's the aftermath, right? Like, obviously, you're in the States where like these type of things are frowned upon, right? Mm-hmm. You know, you, you see these... Like, this isn't the first time an athlete, of, especially like one from outside of the States, have has done this gesture. Like, the Spanish soccer team did it. And um, this guy's from basketball Cuba. Team. He's a defector from Cuba. Wasn't the Spanish uh, basketball team, too? Yeah. But Paul Gasol from the freaking Lakers did that in their really? team photo. The whole team did the... It was was it for the Olympic it was something it was like some big international sporting event. Yeah, it was, oh, it was taking no. place in, in Asia. Yeah, yeah. And oh, so they, they no. as a team did that for their team photo oh, that was expected man. to be published. But anyways, because we all know this is a sign of complete utter respect, for total respect. <laughs> I mean, for... so so the aftermath is that he obviously he feels bad because he was caught, um, and then basically he through his teammate Carlos Beltran reached out to you because they, they knew each other from Japan. And basically you being like, you know, you take the high road, right? That's kind of what yeah, you're talking about. Twitter cultures, you know? But it's very it was very kind yeah. of high road. Yeah. Very gracious. Yeah. <laughs> very Asian too, right? Yeah. Very like don't worry, He's you're like, good. no, the rest of the internet's gonna get you by. Because <laughs> it's like, yeah, like 
do you, do you guys have like especially talking to Simu from the supposed a different land, from a different, a land. different <laughs> where people are happier and nicer? Land. I genuinely that was one of the first things I said to Marvin because we were walking around Toronto. That's where Marvin and I first met BT Dub, mm. and right, those right, were collaboration right. in Toronto. And I was just like, everyone's so nice here. It's so happy so from the mystical land of Canada. <laughs> it is. It's colder, but it's nice. I, yeah, I feel like yeah. it's still... Well, whatever. I mean, there's like the stereotype. I was explaining this to someone on Sunday about how he was saying like West Coast people are so much nicer than... Because he's from New York. And mm. he's like, well, like everyone's so... And he he said it with disdain. He's like, why is everyone so... Ugh. Uh, in the South, <laughs> they're so nice in the South. Like, yeah, Southern hospitality. Sweet. It's like sweet So whatever. Sweet, but nice. in general, I feel like there's a genuine happiness and like a, probably a, like a, a lightheartedness that we, we don't have here, maybe. I mean, But, but anyways, you, a different... Do you guys have experiences of being? Because I've been Ching Chong too. Like when I was like a kid. Did you grow up with that in Canada? Um, you know, I did. I when I first uh, when my family first immigrated over from China, I was in a small city called Kingston, uh, which is where they were doing their grad school, and I was the uh, I was the only Asian kid in my class for the first like three years of school. So yeah, for sure, I got a I got a pretty healthy dose of that. I was in New York just like three four months ago, and. Um, I was walking around and some guy was walking down the street and was just like, fuck you, you fucking Asian. So that happened. Okay. It's New York. Although I think that was more, yeah, I think that was just more like he was just looking for someone to yell at about yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, I just That's always nice. to be the guy. It's special. It's not yeah. only because that, but also because that because of your race. Right. Yeah, but at the same time, like you gotta, you gotta kind of take that with a grain of salt. I'm like, is that an indication of systemic racism, or is that just an angry man on the street? For sure, or both, or both. Yeah, because this is my thing that I've argued because I've traveled all over the world in different parts, and like I, and being Asian and female, being in these different scenarios and sticking out like a thor- sore thumb, being mm-hmm. an Asian woman, like I feel particularly vulnerable sometimes. Mm-hmm. But one, I mean, just like. One of the ones that I got the angriest for some reason was when I was I was in Morocco with my brother and I was 19 and I was uh, having a rough day already. And this like 13 year old girl ching chong at me in the street. And like I was already feeling so vulnerable because we got advised by the tour guide to like he told me don't wear fitted clothes and stuff so i was wearing like cargo pants like a baggy shirt and um i was told you know just be careful if you go out after dark not be careful but like oh a lot of women don't go he was just being very matter of fact and informative like oh a lot of women don't go out after sunset but and i noticed that it was like a significant decrease in women because i Mm -hmm. went to mcdonald's at like 9 p.m right right and um but yeah so i was already like feeling all like sorts of things of like how i need to abide by their things and then to be like verbally attacked by a child yeah i was gonna throw something at her i was like fuck you and your rules like (laughs) i'm american i got very you know an american hothead plus i'm korean um but yeah that was not fun and just i got it from so many different places and i've had it in the states i've had it abroad and i'm just like where does this rule where they i I honestly feel like there's this big collective global okay that people can make fun of asian people with no consequence interesting yeah i kind of feel that um i mean it's just the time to talk about it i guess again this is another opening another gateway to talk about this i'm glad people are speaking out because there are a lot i got in a debate with somebody who's saying like why is everyone getting so upset about it this is nothing new but that doesn't mean because it's nothing nothing new we can't get upset about it maybe we've always been upset about it you just didn't know mm-hmm. right and that, just, that's the big thing like right now especially at this point like everyone is 
finding the courage to be upset at things that have bothered them for the longest time. Exactly. Right. Yeah. And just because, like, there was a big Twitter hubbub about uh, a, an author who wrote a rant about why does everything have to be diverse? Diversity isn't realistic. Like, she grew up in the town and never saw any diversity. So, if she writes about diversity, it'd be fake. And it's like, I mean, your version of reality is not everyone's version of reality. Yeah. yeah. So then you're projecting your reality as like this should be the accepted whole, and I shouldn't have to cater to someone. You know, like and well, like you can you can very well write your reality, but that doesn't mean people will want to read it. Well, that's the thing, right? right? It's like we're yeah we're profit driven at the end of the day. <laughs> so you know if that's that's your lived reality, and you can tell a great story based on that, like. I, as somebody who didn't grow up in that situation, might actually enjoy reading yeah. about it. But that's kind of maybe the whole thing that she <laughs> should understand is that that's kind of where the diversity comes in. Yeah. And the diversity also comes in like there's stories that haven't been told before that because now authors of color are being given chances to write, to act, to create. Yeah. You're getting all this like new art, which is like people have been complaining about Hollywood running out of ideas for the longest time. And there's mm. so many ideas out there that. Like or left, like you know. No, we just need to recreate Baywatch again. <laughs> well, I'm not complaining. Like Zac Efron and the Rock, I'm fine with that. But I'm just saying, let's. Why? Why do we have like eight versions of Spider-Man? I don't know. Mm-hmm. By the way, I like the last version, the latest version, <laughs> yeah, the it was best. Really good. But also, Solid. like, there's other things to talk about. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, I'm sweating. I'm getting so. <laughs> so, anyways, yeah. Don't do cheeky eyes. It's not cool. Yeah. Not cool. Guys. And if you're, I mean, if you're 13, like, that's the thing. I have trouble, I have trouble believing that people that young are genuinely racist. Yeah. Like, I want to. They're wanna, learning. Right. Yeah. I want to believe that, like, if I saw, if, like, aliens came to me and, like, they looked a certain way that I, I might feel like commenting on it or making a joke about it. And <laughs> that's more done out of ignorance than anything else. And all I need is someone to teach me. But, man, I don't know. I totally get it, though. Someone does that. Like, it's just, it, of course, it instantly makes your blood just boil. Mm-hmm. It's not even how my eyes look. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Jeez. Anyone can see me. Like, I just want to imitate more. <laughs> <laughs> What's on your mind, Simu? Um, I was going to say Kevin Spacey. Oh. That's kind of been the big thing. Yeah. yeah. The yeah. next big thing. After- yeah. Well, no, actually, we're. this has been a very news-heavy week. It's Yeah. You know what it is? I th- it's it's great because, you know, for as long as I've wanted to be in showbiz, which is like a really long time, when I was growing up, I dreamt about it. Um, I've always, there's always been this kind of cognitive dissonance with, um, with that kind of underbelly of Hollywood, that part that nobody talked about. And, you know, it was always like, yeah, I dreamed of being here and being a part of this world. But then sometimes you would read things. You would read things about the Roman Polanskis or about the Woody Allens. And it just, there was this kind of shady kind of thing that people didn't really talk about. And but everyone knows it's there, there. But everyone knew it was there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now what's really, what I really love is that it's like it's like a cleaning of house mm-hmm. it's like all of these dark spots are being aired out they're being brought out and um and i'm like 100 percent for it just because i want i want show business to be like a valid thing for people to dream to be a part of exactly. especially you know i'm i'm a dude but you know for for a young woman growing up to be like, this is a safe place for me. Yeah. Um, I think that's really exciting. I mean, this is our place of work, right? Any set that you step on, mm-hmm. step, you know, it's, that's, for, and for myself too, and for all of us, because we are associated with entertainment in a way, it's like, that's our industry. And it's yeah. like, why, 
it, it did suck because the, one of the reasons when I, I took how many years to tell my parents that I wanted to be an actor, the the reason the instability thing was one element of mm-hmm. why they were not for it when I was on the pre-med track. But the other part was like, they just did not look at it as an honorable profession. Yeah, yeah, that was, yeah. I think, more what my parents were upset about totally. than about the money. Like, they know that I, I work hard and that if I needed to, I could make money. I don't mm-hmm. think that was really it. In hindsight, I'm pretty sure, like, my mom, the first thing that she said when I was like, oh, well, mom, what if I became a, an actor? Yeah, yeah. And I was just joking, you know, <laughs> quote. <laughs> and, taking the temperature. Yeah, yeah, taking the temperature, and she's like, she flipped, and she's a sweet, supportive one. She said, I wanted to be a prostitute. Oh, okay. Is that, that, that's what she equated to. But, like, think, let's think about that, you know. I thought, of, I was like, I was like, is that what I'm going to become? <laughs> I mean, I wonder what your mom thought show business was. Like, maybe she thought about stuff like, Casting how to maybe she thought about like, the, the K-pop world. You know, well, yeah, that's all, the, all they you know. She came from that world, yeah, too, and just Hollywood though. I mean, the from a female perspective, the casting couch thing is a completely like sadly normalized fear. Like it's a thing that you half expect, and then when it doesn't happen, you're like, oh, good, cool. It's We're power. Good. It's power dynamics, right? Mm-hmm. It's these it's these men that hold so much power and the power to drastically change your career alter the course of everything and of course they're going to find a way to exploit it there's an actress I mean, yeah it's the same story like we've seen this this story play out in entertainment in politics in relationships in life like I mean, again listen to Minji's podcast first of all episode 14 for like her very like raw experience of of being under that that influence right like people in power doing stuff like flaunting is is not new, yeah. But I think what's really encouraging right now is seeing that people who, for the longest time, thought they had no no say in it, no power in it, are speaking up and finding strength in each other, like creating that you know that critical mass to yeah. make change. Right? People are getting fired now. People are the di- the diverse the director of the diversity showcase of CBS just got fired because of harassment. Which is, I mean, yeah. these stories are coming and coming back to your original topic of Kevin Spacey. I mean, yeah. that's the newest, like, there's just a flood of allegations coming out and stories and people who, again, felt disempowered to say anything because they're feared that they would never be able to work again. Right. And that's a real thing, man. Like, people can, you can joke about it all you want and be like, oh, because this is a, this is an, in, as, as any industry is, it's an industry, especially here, of mm-hmm. relationships, right? Yeah. It's about, I mean, you're talking about one role that like nine thousand people want, right? Mm-hmm. Say one role for TV, and you have your competition's pretty fierce, yeah. and you know you want to do whatever you can to be able to have a leg up. Totally. And when you're and there's, I want to know her name. She's the girl from uh, it's the Amazon show that I loved. It's about the journalism. Do you remember the Good Girls? Good Girls Revolt. Revolt. The main character from that, she she slept with Harvey Weinstein. She she did a whole thing for the New York Times about how she oh, wow. was like, I'm I'm like you know in all these women who said no because I didn't like, and she's <laughs> right, like right, I slept right. with him and I didn't want to, but this is why. And she was very open about that. Right. And it it really goes deeper into the psyche of what you think, you, what the exchange is, and like what yeah you think you're you're doing to advance yourself and what you're willing to compromise. And there's yeah. all these stories coming out that are like, because this whole thing has been an open secret, right? Yeah. People knew about it. They just didn't say anything about it, right? Because yeah. you hear stories about like Robert Rodriguez casting Rose McGowan for Grindhouse to like as a FU to Harvey Weinstein. Yeah. Right? Like there's these like background kind of jabs back and forth, mm-hmm. but now it's all in the open. And I, I was wondering what you guys thought about 
like Kevin Spacey taking this moment to come out. Right. And um, the, I think the worst thing that he could have done. <laughs> I, think I was very, uh, I was very perplexed. I was like, what just happened? Wait. Yeah. I think he was trying to divert and, and like distract by, but it, it ended up sounding so like selfish at the end of the day, because it was kind of like, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I was probably drunk by the way. Yeah, I am choosing to live as a gay man. What this was is- that statement too? I was like, "You're choosing to live." It- so, are you minimizing gay like that? It's a choice. Like, well, what I kind think, of words? I think he, he was trying to make it more about his sexuality than the fact that he yeah. sexually assaulted a 14 year old, which sure. is the real problem. Which he just kind of yeah. glazed over. He, it's was, like you know, for sure. It's like Harvey Weinstein blaming the times. Yeah, and like it's like people blaming culture, people blaming society. Yeah, when it's just like. Dude, except responsibility. What you did was Stay still sorry. wrong. Yeah, yeah. It's. I, I just felt it was very weak. I was very perplexed because okay, for me because I always knew that Kevin Spacey was gay, or I've known that he's gay for a long time. I guess whatever people in entertainment just know. Same way that there's other whatever. We don't have to go into celebrity gossip, but like <laughs> for me, Kevin Spacey and gay were like a fact. So well, then yeah. I was that. I guess that was where I was confused. I was like, didn't he already come out? Like, oh. is this him coming out right now? Well, I read about it, and apparently he had always been kind of really private up until that point, which then begs the question: like, okay, so then you choose this moment, yeah, to exactly, come out. Well, it's like you in know, interesting timing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then it's—I I <laughs> think over it's over here. <laughs> look at the shiny object, and but, like the media kind of went for it. You know, I don't think I, I think that. Well, I think at least Twitter like did not buy it <laughs> at all. And I think because I think what he did is potentially really harmful for the LGBTQ community yep. because it's like it's somehow conflating his sexuality with his kind of desire to get with this fourteen-year-old, yeah. right? Because um, so many conflicting sexual repressed yeah, whatever. Exactly, that like those two have nothing to do with each other, and the yeah. fact that he tried to kind of uh, conflate one with the other is is yeah, it's yeah. very terrible. It's a problem. And why do people suck? <laughs> <laughs> well, I respect the people yeah. that are calling it out, and uh, you know, I yeah, mean, the internet's a murky place with all the pitchforks. Like we're we're all going to get on our high horse about something, and that's yeah. honestly, if you're informed and you're like, I don't know. This is like, it's become such a blob of like things to talk about. Yeah. But I appreciate those who stand with just truth, like being honest and like not being distracted by the shiny light. Yeah. And like, believe, like, because for the longest time, people were afraid to come up because they were afraid people wouldn't believe them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. People side with those in power or in good standing. Right. Because of just like I don't know. Well, because you don't want to be, lose your favor with that person. Yeah, and be like you're like Ben Affleck, you're friends with Harvey Weinstein, and you're you're benefiting off of that relationship. Totally. And third party over here says, "Oh, he raped me." And he's like, Harvey, "I mean, I know he's, but like, I don't know. Like you being in agreement with that's gonna mess. Up. That's just human nature. Totally." Of, Totally. Self-preservation yeah. and, you know, absolutely, it's not admirable, but it makes sense. It's not unreasonable or irrational to say like, okay, yeah, I'm not going to dissociate just because you said that. I mean, are you sure? What or, are you wearing? Right. Or or it's something like, yeah, it's something like, okay, I don't know if he raped. Like, I think it might have been. Right. You know, I, I know that Harvey doesn't, you know, he's, yeah. he's a little sketchy guy. guys both drunk? But like, like, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, right. That's a bit of a strong word. You know, you're yeah. coming at us real strong right now. But I'm glad that those lines are getting less blurry. Yeah. Like, that's just yay. I'm going to say yay. Totally. Totally. In this day and time, I feel like I value truth more than anything else. And there's just, there's so much bullshit in the world, like, that, like, we've all become, like, kind of experts at seeing it. 
Right. Yeah. Well, the big like I, I want to go back to your pitchforks comment because you know as far as bullshit goes, there's something that I'm noticing more as well is that kind of news agencies are are kind of locking on to this need for people to express their outrage online, and sometimes it's misused. Right. Sometimes, not all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, for sure. But that, like, they, you'll you'll see these articles come out, and they're just literally like they figured out that like outrage gets them clicks. And so I would say to your truth, an addendum, in addition to that, yeah. is like we have to also be very keen of when we're being manipulated by the media as well. For sure. For sure. I miss the days when like fake news was like, oh, Hello Kitty is actually Satan, right? <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen this article? It's like it goes around every couple of years. I'm like, Snopes, here you go. It's fake. Right? Right. I <laughs> never heard that. I'm still trying to wrap my head around that. <laughs> oh, it comes around every couple of years. Okay. Yeah. Apparently. Like it's it's an article written by some like conspiracy theorist that like Hello Kitty was created by a Satan worshipper and it's actually like a pagan simple or something. I'm not oh, a Hello God. Kitty girl, it's more of a bats maroon <laughs> and peckle girl myself. But anyway. Um Speaking of Satan worshippers, um, <laughs> oh, that's an interesting segue. Okay. I guess um, I, I'm going to bring this conversation up a little. Uh, my topic, um, now that means just stolen my baseball topic, uh-huh. <laughs> is um, Halloween. Happy Halloween. We're actually recording, uh, hopefully releasing on Halloween yeah. this year. Yeah. Um, there was a really interesting, um, was it Facebook exchange this morning? Where we learned that Minji was not allowed to go trick or treating as a child. Oh yeah, I were right. not. How very sad. I didn't get to go. I didn't do sleepovers. I didn't go trick or treating. I think I weaseled. I manipulate emotionally cried and manipulated my way to get trick or treating once. But then you also had it at school. So mm. then, like, we did like a little classroom. Did candy you dress exchange. up for school? Yeah, I did. Okay. I was the cutest little strawberry shortcake you ever did see. <laughs> um, so your parents are okay with that. Yeah, it was just like murky territory just because I grew up in church and so we technically didn't acknowledge Halloween. It was a school thing and then there's church life and then it was like a harvest night or fall autumn festival (laughs) or like something. It's okay. America doesn't really acknowledge Halloween or Thanksgiving anymore. Ever. It's just all Christmas. They're like like (laughs) Canada. They skip, they they assume Thanksgiving happened in October and start preparing for Christmas. <laughs> Do you guys have anything like a Thanksgiving? Thanksgiving did happen in October. We have Canadian Thanksgiving. Canadian when Thanksgiving is, it? is in October. It's it passed already. Oh, yeah, it's okay. October. Do you do turkey? What yes, is it? yes, we do turkey. <laughs> yes. We're not this like total like mirror universe where I'll yeah. have two Thanksgiving. Shoot, I'll go Canada for October. <laughs> they don't have Black Friday though. They have Boxing Day. Which no, is, we're getting Black Friday. Now. You're getting Black Friday. Oh, yeah, oh yeah. consumerism, consumerism exactly has made <laughs> another its way. excuse to spend money. Of course, <laughs> buy yeah. more things. I know this because I used to. Um, I used to do uh, consumer products. Right. I used to. Um, right. Right. Supply DVDs up to. Can, Canadian, um, um, Ooh, that Zellers, is Zellers well. and um, Canadian Tire. Yeah, Zellers is gone. Vendors. Zellers is gone. <laughs> it's over. Zellers but. is like Kmart here. Yeah, uh, yeah. Okay. Zellers was, um, and then a lot of the Zellers became Targets, uh, and, but then Target sure. failed <gasps> in Canada. That's the reason so many Targets <gasps> closed because <gasps> Target Canada was such a huge financial disaster. I had no idea. Oh, yeah. We oh, yeah. it is a beloved here. <laughs> Target. Target. <laughs> no, Canadians love their Canadian Tire, which is kind of like Target. Oh, Canadian Tire is not tires. A bit more of a Home Depot. Okay. More oh, I like love Home handy. Depot. As a new, okay, I'm all about the home. home Depot. I could spend like seven hours in there. Like, I like this wood instead of that one. I was always wondering, why are we sending DVDs to like Canadian Tire? It's like, don't worry, they buy them there. 
Interesting. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Wait, did you guys go think? Uh, did you guys go Thanksgiving too? Did you guys go trick or treating? Um, I I was allowed to go trick or treating, but it's it's I wasn't really allowed to go to sleepovers either. Okay. And I think for me, because we were a secular family, I think it came more from like I think my parents were really insecure about their language skills, uh-huh. and I think they experienced like a lot of anxiety when dealing with people from you know from Canada and. Um, and they just like a they didn't know if they could speak the language properly which they could they're very good english speakers <laughs> yeah and b like they didn't want to be judged and you know have like that that bad experience and then they would think a certain way about all asian people like they just felt so much pressure and so anytime like i wanted to bring friends home or i was going to a friend's house they would always just be like yeah but why you yeah know, like, you know, you i didn't even think of that did they, did they explain that to you or is that something you just kind of no this is something it, deduced it's, I deduced it. I deduced <laughs> it. I went through trick or treating every year, nice. up until high school. Um, we would go. My, my neighborhood wasn't really great, but my best friend's neighborhood was awesome because right next to elementary school, super safe, candy everywhere. Um, yeah, I was like Ninja Turtles for most of the time there. Ninja Turtles or ninjas? Those are my go-to. I think I was a ghost once. Oh, um, <laughs> that makes me think of ET. <laughs> when E.T.'s the ghost oh, one of my favorite <laughs> movies. I need to go watch that. Um, yeah, so I remember like... Um, I remember you like a big ghost. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Remember, we used to like... There's one house that gave full-size candy bars, and that was like Snaps. the best house. Oh, yeah. Well, you got to yeah. find the rich neighborhood and yeah. go there. Well, there's sure. we did candy exchanges. Like I remember I found ways to get candy as a child, <laughs> but I remember there were times where I got the Almond Joy or the, the Mountain. Yeah, and there was, I was like, not the a worst fan thing. of those. Do you know... It's like yeah. the coconut yeah, almond monstrosity. Jo- for me, it was Tootsie Rolls. Tootsie Rolls, I You don't can't. like those? I no, like, I love I like stuck those. in your teeth. And Fruity like, Tootsie Rolls. I was a those Starburst, and I loved Milky Ways and Three Musketeers. The Starburst was the worst, though, because they only give you two. Uh, and sometimes it's like yellow and yellow. It's like, why? Why even? <laughs> why? <laughs> this is worthless. <laughs> I just wasted this does my nothing life. For me. This is nothing. I think we should all just take a moment and be really thankful that we live in a society where we can complain <laughs> about the, the type problem. of free candy that we That's get. That's the problem. Uh. But I want to say now, my parents. I think they they now that all the kids are out of the house and stuff. Like when we had our house in the neighborhood, they live in a complex now, so I think it's a little different. Mm-hmm. But they would always have candy, and they've been giving it out to kids. And I think that they really enjoy that community aspect because that's where we we were in totally suburban in Pleasanton for God's sake I mean the name says it all did you guys decorate for no 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 we didn't no decorating but they did my parents did hand out candy I thought it was the cutest thing (laughs) so my my mom's like go have children already (laughs) like no just keep handing out candy that's so funny my parents my parents rarely went out to dinner um, together but one of the only times in the year that they would go out for dinner every year Halloween Halloween We have a thing to do. It's date night. It's date night. Bye. <laughs> it's like turn off. The- I'm like guys. No, seriously. They would like yeah. turn off. They would turn off the lights and then they would sneak out the back of the house. It's really Stop so it. funny. Uh, there yeah. was yeah. There were a couple of houses where they were definitely they were they were lazy but not too lazy because they left the bowl out and put a sign well, saying you just-, just take one. <laughs> uh, honor system. Honor yeah, system. God is watching you. <laughs> Wait, I want to know real quick, um, what was one of your favorite costumes that you ever wore? Oh, my favorite one was uh, Super Mario. 
was, Super um, Mario. Yeah, we were we were not super wealthy at the time, so we went to this like secondhand store for for Halloween costumes, and I remember seeing this like Mario mask, and like I for some reason had like the exact outfit of like the overalls anyway <laughs> nice. and so i was just i pictured myself as just this little super mario running around oh and he was like the God. size that you would expect this little short guy nice so yeah How that was my cute. favorite my most memorable one what about yours more probably the ninja because you can like run around i had a little plastic sword it's so general like i thought halloween I'm, I'm noticing now that halloween is becoming this big like among millennials it's like how obscure or how like specific can you get right it was like last year it was like 11 with the egos like everyone was 11 or like i don't know what are some crazy costumes it's like this is my personal brand well, people yeah. <laughs> there's like there's one year everyone's the joker yeah. okay so i yeah. was gonna say that's my favorite one that i did like i had the cutesy <laughs> ones but i i love makeup Mm-hmm. Um, and so I did the Joker and I hate scary things. I'm the worst. But the Heath Ledger Joker, I like looked up on YouTube how to do the, the texturing, the scars and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I did that and it's, it's, looking at myself scared the shit out of me. So it was really fun doing that. <laughs> and I like try to get my hair green, except my hair's dark so you can see green. I spent like half an hour trying to make it green. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. I think for nothing. This year was a lot of a lot of Game of Thrones. I saw a lot of Khaleesi's out there. Yeah. And a lot of Porgs. Who that? Uh, It's the the new little, like, cute thingy from the new Star Wars movie. It's like little, like... Yeah, in the trailer where they're, like... Yeah. (laughs) It's like the new Ewok. The Ewoks of episode eight. I saw a lot of babies in Porg outfits. Oh, I'm going to die. All my friends have babies now. I'm excited to see what their costumes are. Yeah, that's cute. My nephew was, like, a football. (laughs) (laughs) Cute. Um, but on that note, let's take a quick break and then we'll come back and talk more with Simu. Sweet. And hey guys, thanks again for listening to this episode of the Collabcast. The Collabcast, of course, is part of Collaboration, a nonprofit organization supporting Asian Americans in the arts and entertainment. Discovering, developing, showcasing, and connecting the creative talents of the Asian American community in music, comedy, dance, and leadership. Sorry. you can learn more about collaboration by going to our website at www.collaboration.org and speaking of collaboration yes there's something crazy coming up this week there is there's so much that we've been working and dreaming and vision boarding for so long minhee chang executive director of collaboration please tell us what's happening this weekend (laughs) in los angeles i feel like i'm an episode of donahue um so for those of you who have been listening and following along thank you so much for all your support as we build up to empower 2017 this is a three-day weekend where we will be celebrating showcasing and networking like crazy for the asian american pacific islander creative community if you are interested in comedy we want to make you laugh so we have collaboration af which is a comedy night happening this friday from 8 to 10 p.m at the great company um it's in partnership with the asian af comedy movement with our friends will Choi keiko again of the founders at ucb it's a great lineup of stand-up comedians and improv comedians and also are hosted by um our friend from collab atlanta yeah june lee and uh, if you guys follow June on Instagram, you see he's a very—he's also a fellow Korean mom 
impersonator. <laughs> um, and then the day after, so that's Friday, uh, November 3rd. And then November 4th, which is Saturday, we have a day-long creative leadership conference where anybody who is interested in working in entertainment, whether you are an artist or performer, or if you want to be a showrunner or an executive or uh, just get into casting, what have you, this is the opportunity to meet the industry professionals, hear directly from them, network, mentor, etc. Yeah, we have great keynote speakers, great panels, workshops, and mentorship sessions. Um, speakers include Brad Jenkins, the executive producer of Funny or Die DC, John M. Chu, the director of Crazy Rich Asians. Which just got its release in August 2018. <laughs> I'm so excited. It's not even funny. Kulat Velisek, the creative and executive producer of Bajillion Dollar Properties. Um, Dave Gonzalez, the founder and president of World of Dance. And he also had his hands in creating Hot Import Nights, y'all. That's a throwback for you. <laughs> and then we also have Moa Shivji, who is the CFO of E Entertainment. Um, that's just for starters. We have Chris and Augustine, who's the EVP of Universal. Monica Maser, the executive producer of Queen Sugar from the Oprah channel. She works with Oprah! <laughs> <laughs> And those are just a few of the great speakers that will be there. We got Megan Lee, we got AJ Raphael, we got Claire, we got Paul Dante, we got Christine Chen, we got from Jen Che from Head to Toe, we got Michelle Carr from BuzzFeed, or formerly BuzzFeed. It's going to be amazing. Nico Santos from Superstore, Jen yes. Fang from Reappropriate. Yes, we got Sean Mira from Tuesday Night, we have Will Choi, founder of Asian AF. We have... So much good stuff. Yeah, there's a lot going on. Um, improv Comedy with Susan Song, who is a well-trained, seasoned comedian from Groundlings. Yeah. Um, we have an audition workshop. We have a resume and personal branding workshop with the director of design from Pandora Media. Jeff Ho. Jeff Ho. Yeah. He will straighten you out, man. <laughs> like, he will get your personal brand on point. I that I really I want to go to that workshop. I mean, you won't find a bigger collection of Asian American entertainment leaders than Empower Creative Leadership Conference 2017. And then we're all going to go kick it at Soul Sausage afterwards. Yeah. And last year we stayed, I think, past midnight, <laughs> which was crazy because we had an event the next day. So I don't know how we did that. But it's always a good time. These are people who are really passionate about what they do. Very smart, skilled, you know, awesome people working for diversity and for just good art. Yeah. You know? And, so then, out, and then we have the Collaboration Star Showcase to close out the weekend. And it's just going to be, it's basically a, a concert night with uh, a celebration, really celebration of Asian American excellence in entertainment yes. and media. We have six amazing finalists from all across the nation um, from Los Angeles, San Francisco, Atlanta, Houston, Detroit, and Chicago coming to compete for the Collaboration Star National title. We have a great collab uh, by Jen Chung. And Tim, um, Atlas. Tim Atlas and Melissa Polnar. Uh, we have once in a lifetime, guys. I love all of these three separately, <laughs> but they're coming together just for Collaboration Star. I am so honored and <laughs> so happy that this is happening. We have an amazing dance performance by The Lab, who's yes. bringing a forty-member dance crew to yes. stars and some surprises with them. But um, uh, The Lab has just won, they won Hip Hop International 2017. They were featured on World of Dance on NBC and. From West Covina, I mean, they're just, they've been killing it Super in dance for years and years and years. And one of our favorites, um, the 2012 Collaboration Star Audience Choice Award winner and DC finalist and just a national poetry national slam, poetry slam winner, champion, Ji Yamazawa will be performing. Yes. So we're really excited. It's going to be a great night. We have special guest judges. We have David Choi. Uh, who is one of our beloved alumni, singer-songwriter, YouTuber. We have uh, Stephen Lim, who is a producer at BuzzFeed. He makes some really great content um, that sucks me into a black hole where I just watch BuzzFeed videos for like He does an hour. The, um, the Worth It Yeah, series, the Worth right? It yeah. series. <laughs> 
oh, this is so my thing. It's like, <laughs> is the $30 drink worth or $4? <laughs> I usually go for four. Yeah. But, uh, and then we have Larni Dakane, who's the external communications director for Comcast. And she's just incredible champion. This woman has done so much work for the Asian American community, our representation at Sundance. And um, we're just so excited for them to be there to share the night yeah. with us. And the night will be hosted by Minji and June. Yes, we have some fun stuff planned. Oh, it's a fun night ahead of us. And uh, we will have a VIP reception and red carpet beforehand and an after party after. So it's just, again, a big celebration. We want everyone to come out and enjoy themselves. It's the biggest weekend of Asian America, of, of collaboration ever, Yeah, to be honest. Yeah, and it's going to be fun. And <laughs> yeah. we have DJs. Oh, it's going to be good. You can still get tickets to all three of our events by going to the website empower.collaboration.org and Collabcast listeners can get an extra 15% off their ticket purchases by entering the promo code COLLABCAST, um, all caps. Yeah. So we hope to see you there, you, If especially if you're in the Southern California area. This is an event you don't want to miss. Please do not miss it because we want to meet you. <laughs> Uh, the Collabcast is also a proud member of the Potluck Podcast Collective, a collective of podcasts featuring unique voices from the Asian American community. Um, if you like what you hear here at the Collabcast, um, also check out some of our other great programs, including Saturday School, a podcast hosted by our friends Ada Sang and Brian Hu, going over Asian American pop culture history. Um, their latest episode features both Minji and myself talking about Asian American music videos. Um, I... <laughs> embarrassingly brought up the got rice videos oh my god marv why why well it's it's kind of like a key part of it's a seminal moment it hasn't it has not aged well i do agree oh dear but um, now i need to go listen to it it's a great great um just it's it's a great episode and uh, definitely check it out you can find saturday school and the other great programs of the potluck collective by going to the website podcastpotluck.com and also check out minji's podcast first of all please do <laughs> and on that note um thanks again for listening um hope to see you at empower weekend and again um empower.collaboration.org and the discount code is collabcast all caps we hope to see you there it's gonna be so much fun you yeah. guys and back to the show bye Welcome back, dear oh listeners. Oh my god. <laughs> it's episode 144. It's Halloween. Class. What do you want? Yeah, I love it. I love it. This Welcome commitment. Welcome to a special Halloween edition. Halloween my name edition. is Master Marvin Yue. Master? Where did that come from? Joining me is the Baroness Minji Chang. Hello, darlings. How are you? And come into my lair. Some guy from Canada. Simulu. <laughs> Good eye, mate. <laughs> this is how we talk in Canada. <laughs> yeah, all, all right. All right. I'm going to speak the rest of the episode like this. Proceed. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you may proceed. I mean, Morticia Adams. That, that'd be epic. I want oh. that wig, though. Oh, yeah. no, I'll be Wednesday on the next day. <laughs> Wednesday on a Tuesday. Mm, what are we doing? Uh, Simu, hi. <laughs> hey. How's it going? <laughs> it's good. I'm having fun talking to you guys. Thank you. Yay, good. Thank you for joining us. I know you have a busy... You're, you're, you're working. You're doing the working actor thing. Taking meetings, acting in hit TV shows. Leaving the weekend <laughs> and missing our event to shoot something, whatever. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, but, it's so important. You know. I remember so I was... 
you guys had a crazy like launch tour for your second season. Yeah, yeah. I saw like you guys are showing in theaters everywhere. Yeah, we did. I mean, and this is like not common for Canadian shows. Typically, we just release them and then cancel them two years later. (laughs) The unfortunate truth of Canadian television, guys. But um, no, for for some reason or another, CBC has really like gotten behind us. CBC is our, our network. And is the public broadcaster actually? And they've yeah they've really they're the people keeping the show from U.S. eyes. <laughs> Wait, is that like PBS? No, it's like they're they're CBS or oh, they're CBS. NBC. Okay, yeah, um, yeah, or like our BBC. Basically. Okay, I think that's the yeah 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 yeah. Um, but they they were just like, yep, we want to send you guys uh, around the country. So we hit up like five cities. We did Vancouver, um, what did do? Vancouver, Calgary. Uh, Ottawa, Montreal, and St. John's, Newfoundland. Wow. None of which you probably know. I've been to Calgary a couple of times. I used to Calgary? go for Stampede. Have you ever been to Banff? I've been I to Banff. I really, really want to go to but Banff. The Alberta side. Koreans love Banff. I've heard that. That's <laughs> I how I Banff. know about it is because all the Koreans that have been there. It's all Ajumas and Ajishis up Then I'll up fit the right in. That's it. You're right there. All I'll you need my, is a perm. I'll wear my wig. I have one. <laughs> Um, for those who don't, for those of you who have never been to Canada, Banff is like a giant like natural park in between. It's like the Yosemite, British of Columbia, Canada. and Alberta. It's is, so beautiful, it's gorgeous. Yeah, I've never seen so many trees. Yeah, so many trees, trees and mountains. Um, I really want to go snowboarding in Vancouver too. Yeah, Whistler. Yeah, right? that's the place. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah what we did what we would do is um we would rent out this big theater venue and uh, we gave the tickets away for free so it was first come first serve yeah. so we're a family show and it's a public broadcaster you know we're not going to charge money but uh we got like lineups around the block um we sold out pretty much every venue that we rented out in one instance in calgary we oversold by over 300 tickets wow and so um our publicity guys being like quick thinkers they uh booked out this restaurant right next to the theater to funnel the people who like couldn't (laughs) get the actual tickets but then um when we started our screening in the in the venue like the whole cast kind of snuck out and went into the restaurant and actually like met some of those fans oh my god so it ended up being like a pretty good deal for them and we ordered like food and drinks for them and everything that's so nice yeah they're so nice (laughs) <laughs> such a Canadian thing to do. You That's guys are great stereotypes to have. Like, but you guys are kind people. It's like crazy because like we had a lot of fanfare when Fresh Off the Boat first premiered. That was fun. Yeah, it's in this like fourth season right now. Like I can't believe it's been that long we, already. And we didn't. I feel like we didn't have like as like you know we we didn't celebrate as much as like actually I, I, yeah. I can't compare because I don't yeah. know how but, but right, it sounds right. really amazing because I was at the New York. Were we there together? We're yeah, New York. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, the the fresh off the boat that was i mean i don't know it it's every step here's my thing with asian america right mm-hmm. like each step feels like the gateway to the next right and sometimes yeah. it is I'm a very like stand on the shoulder of giants kind of girl, like yeah, yeah, yeah. You, because of just my Asian. I don't know, whatever. But I feel like I have to honor your predecessors. Mm-hmm. And um, well, we're we're in the business of movement building, so it's there were so <laughs> many rep sweats with. And again, I don't know what the climate is culturally in Canada versus America, but with mm. like fresh off the boat, there was so much like anxiety. Anxiety. Yeah. There was like a lot of joy, but a mm-hmm. lot of anxiety of like what if this doesn't do well? Right, you know right. what I mean? So that can definitely inhibit you. From going all out and being like, I want to feel like even on our side, we felt that with Kim's convenience as well. Right. When when we were hearing about the show getting started, when we're seeing all the 
like it becoming real. Yeah. Right? Yeah. 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 I want to know because, like, I, I don't know your story of like how you got into acting or anything like that, sure. and and I'm very curious just like how that looks compared to a standard, not standard, but like a more typical, more often heard LA story of like, oh, I went to Hollywood and I tried to do X Y Z. Right, right. Like, right. how did you get to Kim's Convenience? Like, um, okay, well, I feel like there's like seven different questions in there. <laughs> okay, but I'll do I'll do the acting. I'll do me <laughs> first, and then we'll talk about the show. Because I would love to talk about the reception of the show and how we've kind of found our yeah. our niche, or yeah. not even a niche. We're like a really mainstream show in Canada. Yeah, you are. I was going to say, what niche? Yeah, I know. <laughs> line around the block. That's no niche. Oh man, yeah. So, um, so I went to business school um, out of out of high school. I got my HBA, which is like a mini MBA. I started working at a big four accounting firm um, <laughs> in Toronto, and I was laid off a year after I started my job. So I was without a job. I felt like a huge failure. Um, I hadn't told my parents that I'd gotten laid off yet. <laughs> and I was like trying to figure out what to do next. And Because um, you were living that Asian parents dream. Of yeah, family. yeah. I was like, I was, you know, and, and the thing is, like, I always knew that I was kind of living a lie. But, <laughs> but don't we like, all, though? But I was like, you know, they seem like they're actually like they don't hate me. So <laughs> I, should, I should just keep doing it. And um, and I suddenly found myself without a job, and I had all the time in the world all of a sudden. And so I was interviewing to get back in the workforce. Like I was like, oh, I just need to like get a job. I don't care. I'll work. I'll do anything in accounting or whatever. But then I had a lot of off time as well. So I just on a whim because I like always wanted to just be on a movie set. Like that was just something I always wanted to do. So I um, I found this ad on Craigslist looking for movie extras. Uh, minimum wage for us about eleven dollars an hour uh, for this movie called Pacific Rim. Just <laughs> big, big Guillermo del Toro uh, yeah. movie <laughs> shooting in Toronto, and they needed Asian people because they had this huge scene in Hong Kong. Mm. And so I show up on set uh, five a.m. in one of the mornings, and they spray paint my entire body blue because the I don't know if you guys watched the movie. <laughs> Seems like you I've, have. I know of it. I don't watch a I lot pay, of things. Oh, I paid extra for that movie. Oh, I bought the D box seats. Those seats yeah. are moved. Three D. I spent like twenty five dollars. Marvin is a watcher of everything. I'm a watcher of nothing, gotcha. and I'm the one that's trying to be an entertainer. <laughs> That, oh yeah. man. That <laughs> I did not watch like, it. At the my, Fairfax, um, there's like this one movie theater in the DC area that did D Box. Yeah. I, like, I must watch this movie with moving seats because. <laughs> yeah. That's how I watched Wonder Woman. <laughs> I had the whole recliner. Yeah. It was a date with my Oh, no, no. This, this, <laughs> this is a seat that moved with the movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's more than the recliner. Sh- okay, never so mind. I actually did see Wonder Woman in D Box, and it, was, it, it would be like when it rains, like they would spray water on you. Oh, my God. And when it was a car moving, the yeah. seat would start shaking. Find these. I didn't know. Yeah, yeah. Like, rumble. Like when you, if you watch Fast and the Furious on D box, like when those cars like do their drifting, your seat. That makes ships. me think of this. I had that experience at uh, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Kind of like Disneyland. That. Yeah. That's the last time I had that experience. Basically, what it is. Yeah. Okay, so you so and you, you do it once, and you're like, this is not worth the amount of money. <laughs> yeah, that I paid it's for totally it. not worth it. But no, no, no. Also, totally worth it. Checked it off the bucket list. <laughs> it's only worth it for like those big dumb blockbuster movies that like yeah, which was Pacific yeah, Rim. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah I'm not gonna. Exactly. I'm not watch like friggin' um, a drama. Perfect. Yeah, on, on D box. It's just not worth I think it. They would release it in D box. Yeah. yeah. But anyways, so, you're you're painted blue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I'm, and I'm I'm marched on set, and there's just like you know, 
it's very overwhelming the first time, right? You got all these ADs and like Guillermo has like 10 ADs. He's 10 <laughs> ADs deep at this point. Um, there's hundreds of extras. And I remember just being like, oh my God, like this is what, what it is. What an entry into the Exactly, world. exactly. It wasn't like this little indie where this guy was like, I'm the sound guy <laughs> and I'm doing the marketing. And I'm doing crafty. And I'm doing crafty. Um, Couldn't it, hold the bars right It really was like just such an experience. And, and the thing on top of that was like everyone seemed like they really wanted to be there. Which, I mean, if you guys have ever taken a job in accounting or know any accountants, <laughs> like, it's not often the case. I have stories about accountants. There you go. They were our office food stealers. Okay. Um, they, would, they would send a scout to every... This was back when I worked at a corporate. They would send a scout to every department searching for office parties, which they would then come back, report to the rest of the group, and crash. And get food? Yes. Wow. wow. Well, that's because it's the most interesting part of their day, basically. I was going to say, I was going to say, that's probably like the best thing they yeah. had going on. <laughs> Where are we going you today, just, guys? You should just give them the food out of pity, honestly. Uh, <laughs> Serious. <laughs> you need this more than I do. Uh, yeah, so um, from that point, I was just like, I'll do anything. So I, I went on Craigslist every day. Um, I, I ended up on movie sets as an extra on TV sets, um, little music videos here and there, gradually built up enough of a resume to like approach an agent. And, uh, from there just like started auditioning and then slowly my dream, my parents dream of me becoming like a CPA died. Withered away. <laughs> Withered away. Into the oblivion. Yeah. <laughs> so what, what year was that when you like. Uh, that was 2012. April 12, 2012, I was let go from my job. Wow. Yeah. And then your life began. <laughs> <laughs> but it really does feel that way. Yeah. You know, it, it, my whole life had been kind of like a slacker. Like, I was smart because <laughs> I was Asian, but I wasn't, you know, I wasn't like a hard studier. Um, yeah. And, and I found it very difficult to like pay attention in class and whatever. And I just thought that that was life. Like everyone just hated what they did. And that was kind and of what you by. had. To, yeah. Getting by was kind of what you had to do. But then when I got into this, when I got into entertainment, I, I was like, oh, this is great. I actually want to work. And I became this like, <laughs> I changed. I became this like really hardworking, like really serious work ethic guy. And it's funny like, what happens when the right motivation comes. No, seriously. Yeah. Absolutely. That's awesome. Okay, so then moving on to the show then. So how did, so you, I'm guessing, well, was it kind of like you did short, you did you do like student films? What, how was the yeah, progression? Yeah, yeah. Then you got into TV. That's yeah. its own journey. So, yeah, I mean, I booked my first TV role pretty soon after I started, but it was like, you know, we get like, we get LA scraps, you know. <laughs> Your shows come up here to shoot, and then we get like, my first role was Hong Kong Desk Cop number one. All right, wow. I had two lines, and it was an Asian accent. Oh. Um, and, uh, and yeah, so gradually from there and I, at the same time, yeah, I'd be doing like the student film thing. Yeah, Cause um, what are the Canadian, like, it's like, all I could think of was like Degrassi. Degrassi. Yeah, yeah. That's like our big that's where Drake show. comes from. Oh, Drake is from Degrassi. That's right. <laughs> okay. That's where we got to start in the entertainment industry. Um, what else do we have? We have this thing called Murdoch mysteries, mm. which, uh, is like a 1920s period piece detective drama. Nobody watches it. Okay. We have and for okay, so nobody watches it. But according to the Nielsen boxes, it's a ratings like tank, like million plus per episode, which to Canadians is like that's huge. And just like this show will go on forever, wow. and nobody that anybody knows watches it. We're like, <laughs> like who who's are watching? these people that watch well, I mean, it's this probably show? on Ghosts. like at every like retirement house or something. It is. Like, no, and that's where all the Nielsen boxes are. Yes. That's definitely where. <laughs> 
that's definitely the target audience. Yeah. Um, I had a friend, uh, my friend from Calgary, she used to work on a show called Heartland. Heartland's still going yeah. on as well. Yeah. Which okay. apparently was big. It's like yeah, cowboy yeah. drama. Cowboy drama. Yeah. Like Canadian cowboys? Canadian cowboy yeah, soap opera. Canadian cowboys. Okay. Yeah. But it's so cold. Alberta <laughs> is Alberta is basically the Texas of Canada because their main their main economies run on energy and oil. Alberta is the and, te- Texas of Canada. Got it. And beef. Okay. And beef. So Alberta like, beef. When you land in the airport, they welcome you with their white cowboy hats. Wow. When you when you line up to go to KBBQ in LA, they uh, the good places advertise Calgary beef. Really? I noticed. Yeah. I did not even notice that. Now I'm going to be paying attention. <laughs> yeah. I've, when I was first down in LA, me and my girlfriend went to uh, went to like Heijenchon, which is like the yes. two hour wait mm-hmm. place. And we're like, I came all the way here to get Canadian beef. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> That's so ironic. I love it. That's the best thing ever. So you got to know all the good spots. You got you're gonna. I'll I'll give you a couple places. You don't Please have to do. wait two hours. That's ridiculous. I love Hidden Home, but no. I like yeah. they they have the the thin sliced pork belly. That's really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Chador, right? No, I don't know what it's called. Oh, chador is a uh, brisket. That's oh, beef. that's brisket. Is different. Mm-hmm. Oh, gotcha. Anyway, I haven't been immersed in Korean families as, as Simu has. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. Okay. So then to Kim's convenience, you're playing a Korean. Yeah. Canadian. He's basically like reverse Randall Park. Yeah, exactly. I am basically yeah. Reverse you Randall are Park. reverse Randall. We joke about it all the time. Very <laughs> nice. Yeah. How's that been being Korean? Um, How's the training been? <laughs> it's great. It's great. First of all, I had no idea how much I'd enjoy Korean food because I'm my, my big thing about food is like I need variety. Mm. Right. And a lot of Chinese. Exactly. <laughs> And like I can't do like I, I I can do a big steak and a salad, but it's just like it just feels boring to me. And that's why Korean food. I'm like, oh, this is the best. <laughs> I'm straight. I'm literally hungry right now. You guys, my stomach. As soon as you started talking about barbecue, I got hungry. We should uh, just go to Korean barbecue. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Let's, yes, yes, let's smell like barbecue for the rest of the day. <laughs> I'm down. I don't care. Good. Minji has a new favorite place. They have happy hour special. It's very nice. They do. I am not joking. That's we what should. I was going to say to you. I was okay. going to tell you. It's so good. I'm literally going to drink my phone. Okay. So um, how how did the role come to you in Kim's Convenience? Yeah. So um, I, uh, so I, I got my big break when I did this show called Blood and Water, which is uh, like an Asian Canadian crime drama thing. And I got to... Um, you know, kind of like show my chops for the first time, not as Hong Kong desk cop number one. Yeah. And, well, you uh, know, it was all a stepping stone. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and Ince, uh, who wrote the play mm-hmm. and is the showrunner of the show as well, he had been kind of doing this nationwide scout because he had just optioned the play at that point and was just starting to develop it. And um, he was like doing this nationwide search for actors and he got in touch with me. And I was doing a play later, and he later like came to the play, and we just started talking. And he was like, so you know Kim's Convenience, you know we're doing a show, and uh, we might be in touch later. <laughs> and so a few months later... We might. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. Perhaps. I know. Was, he was very, he's a very cryptic guy. So <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, he came at me a few months later, and like this was at a time where I'd just gotten cast in another show called Taken. And so I was like, oh, shoot, I'm not going to be able to do both. But thankfully, uh, the schedules worked out and both were interested. Um, I ended up reading for Kim's like three or four times, uh, did a screen test, and then they offered it. So, Very cool. Yeah. It was like the craziest moment of my life, <laughs> being in that screen test. Like so many like old white people on the other side of the, right? And you're just like, I made it. I made it. <laughs> That's it. 
Like uh, you just have to do a 360 photo. Can we just take a moment yeah, here? Yeah. <laughs> Yay! And the show is a big hit. I, I was I was able to catch the first three episodes okay. on, on on certain means. Okay. Well, see, I didn't know um, I could watch the show, so I've only seen clips. Gotcha. Um, yeah. But, but I keep telling me, like, you're literally playing her older brother. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Apparently he said that. So I need to watch the whole thing. And like the, the sister character is. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's Minji. the clip that I got yeah. about the dating. Yeah, like, yeah. Where are the good Korean guys? You also. Okay. So, and you probably don't know this, but Andrea Bang mm-hmm. uh, is Diana Bang's younger sister. Okay. And Diana Bang is. Um, from the interview. From the interview. Oh, Oh my yeah. god! I didn't know that. Yeah, they're they're a little power acting family. Hey, I want you to hang out. <laughs> I want to interview them <laughs> for sure. I keep telling her to come down. That'd be so yeah, cool. So she, so she doesn't come down to LA very often. Um, not so far, but I know Diana used to come down quite a bit, and there's probably a trip in the works. I That's think she's so cool. On it right now. I yeah. love it. I love hearing everybody's like stories and connections. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. Asian community, like. If, when you spend more time in Los Angeles, you'll find like everybody is a half or a quarter degree separation. Yeah, we totally. all know everybody. That's, that's else. honestly what I love so much about this city because I, I was I had a roommate here in pilot season um, who was not Asian, and he was like he was kind of doing the like sit by the phone, wait for his manager to call, and he's like, "What's your day like?" I'm like, "Well, you know, I got to do <laughs> like a podcast. I'm having dinner with." Uh, Ken Jeong and Randall Park wants to connect and like now I'm gonna be on set for Fresh Off the Boat and he's like how I'm like dude nice <laughs> you know nice it's like use any advantage that you have and our advantage is that we have such a great welcoming inclusive community and so other people you know people from Canada who go to LA will come back and be like man it's so like every man for themselves in LA you feel so isolated so lonely and I'm like I have so many friends. <laughs> This is amazing. Well, I saw oh, pictures. you're talking about. You we went karaoke. Yeah, 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 karaoke. I was with supposed to be there. Yeah. You were supposed to be at Jeff a was trolling me. Oh, I was man. like, leave the office now. And I was like, I can't. I have a conference coming up. I didn't get invited. I loved you. I was going to tell you, like, we were both working. We were here till, that was the night we were here till like 1 a.m. Was that the night we had Korean barbecue? Yeah, that was the night we had, we went to Korean barbecue. <laughs> there was like a two hour period yes. where we couldn't do anything. We, we were so, we were so brain dead. And so we're like, let's just go eat. Oh, man. <laughs> and Jeff then we and were I, here till 1 a.m. Jeff and I went to Bulgogi House. So we, nice. also, we also went to Korean barbecue. But that was a night. And then, yeah, I was like, Jeff, I look like a zombie. I'm not showing up to like <laughs> sing right now. And he's like, you need a break. Oh, <laughs> uh, it looked like so much, fun. so much fun. What's your yeah. song? Um, uh, It's Backstreet Boys. Okay. Hey, class. Tell me why it ain't oh. nothing but a heartache. Where's my tambourine? Tell me why <laughs> I never want to hear you say. Okay. That's uh-huh. it. So I got to ask though. Do you prefer... <laughs> Very yeah, nice. Yeah, I love this Do you prefer the, the, the Chinese style KTV or the Korean style Noriabong? There's a Chinese style KTV? It's less <laughs> He's like, I don't know any other way, Marvin. Okay. Yeah. They're what? It's less disco-y. People, okay. people usually yeah. ask like Asian karaoke and white karaoke, yeah. but I don't know. I didn't know that there's enough of a delineation between Chinese and Korean. There's a little differences. I think Korean Korean style normals usually have like like a club. Well, it's, it's, a, it's, it's the difference between <laughs> like having everyone sing sitting down and having someone up front performing. Who performs in Korean well, that, style? That's, okay. that's yeah. white karaoke with though. No, but well, it's still white karaoke is with strangers. Like, yes, yeah, still, yeah, yeah, on yeah, a stage. Yeah. Still in closed room. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, but in Chinese you all sit and you don't perform? We don't really stand this much. I feel oh, like. okay. I don't know. Oh, I see. I see. Maybe Let I'm out just your like your inner diva yeah. Marvin, you have <laughs> yeah, it in on. you. 
we gotta I was go. Always we a gotta go. Type. We gotta yeah. go karaoke very soon. <laughs> this is happening. Yeah, Sunday. After. <laughs> yes, yes. There's literally You're missing a, out, man. It's gonna be so fun. There's literally oh, a karaoke oh. place upstairs from where we're having after party. Oh, oh yeah. Oh my god, I didn't. didn't yo. And so that's happening. Everyone come out to collaboration start. I'm partying my face off. I yeah. don't party that much, but this is when it happens. Let's talk more about this event that I can't go to. <laughs> a lot of fun well, let's talk about. So um, I've always so when you got the news that you guys were renewed, like how did that feel to like? Yeah. Right? Um, well, it was crazy because we weren't allowed to tell anybody, but CBC came on for two seasons right off the bat. And oh. um, that was crazy. Wow. So a little backstory about CBC. They'd kind of been coming under a lot of fire in previous years about not being diverse enough for being like the Canadian public broadcaster. So I feel like when they got Kim's, they put it on every single billboard in Toronto, just being like, look at how diverse we are. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Look, look, look. And we just were the huge benefactors of that because we just found our face all of a sudden on every street corner in Toronto. And when we finish off, like I can show, I'll show you some of the photos of like our takeovers. It's actually crazy. <laughs> it really did take over. Yeah, yeah. And um, oh, I forgot the question. Oh yeah, no. What what was the feeling knowing that it hit? Um, it was crazy. Yeah, we because we didn't we didn't expect it to do that well. We thought you know like kind of like fresh off that it would be this like this thing for Asian Canadians and that we would be represented and that would be enough. But uh, what it ended up being was this, like, very universal immigrant story. And so we had, like, you know, because so much of the fabric of Canada, so much of our identity is predicated on our inclusion and just just the coming together of different cultures, right? And we would have, like, Russians coming up to us and, like, Ukraine and being like, yo, Appa is, like, exactly like my dad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's when we knew we had something. That's and we were awesome. like, okay, this transcends just, like, creating something for us and for people who look like us. This is now a part of the Canadian kind of zeitgeist. Yeah, that's amazing. Did it, did it help... Um I actually, I'm like, I don't know where your parents were at, but did it like help heal all the CPA wounds <laughs> with your parents? Well, when your parents can any? like point at a billboard and say, "That's my son." Well, yeah. I'm saying though, <laughs> you know, I just want to confirm that because <laughs> I'm telling people that there's hope. Yeah, I mean, th- that's like the general story of her. Even John Cho, John Cho said his parents didn't come around until the, he, he was featured on Korea Times. Yeah, like, on the in the right, Korean right, news, right, right, they're right, like, yeah. oh. Oh, now you're successful. <laughs> yeah. yeah um, so Blood and Water and Kim's Convenience was like the perfect one-two punch for my parents. In Blood and Water, I had to speak Mandarin. Nice. And my Mandarin is okay, but I can't read. So like when I got the scripts, I would... I had nobody else to turn to. I turned to my dad. Wow. And so he was, he like very begrudgingly at that time, like helped me prepare for my scenes. He's charging you by the hour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he was like, oh, I guess you work really hard at this. <laughs> I guess this is really difficult. Okay. That's so sweet. And he was starting to come around. And I'm then Kim came and he was like, oh my God, this is huge. And so now they're they're at the point where they they call me after every episode and they tell me <laughs> they give me notes on my performance. <laughs> it's like a little too far the other way, but you That's know, so I, cute. I love it. No, uh, honestly, like my relationship with my parents hasn't never been great. Like I feel like in all the twenty eight years I've been alive, it's like I'm getting used to having this like wonderful, loving relationship with my parents. It's it's honestly, <laughs> it's like 
It's weird. <laughs> Shit's weird. I'm telling you, that's how I feel about my dad with my show. This I mean, is like, it took so many years yeah. for him to get on board. And now he's like giving me notes on like how yeah, to yeah, do yeah, the yeah, comedy. Yeah. And I'm like, all right, <laughs> then my bad. Like, but it's so sweet. And I found out a couple of days ago, my dad's decided to drive. And this is my, my parents who missed my graduation. Me walking at UC Berkeley. He, oh they, be, they both didn't see me walk because of our store. Mm, we right, have a dry right. cleaners and they... I was pissed and it took years. Okay. I'm being very real. I was bitter about that for years. Cause like you couldn't get someone to watch your store oh my for the morning to watch your daughter walk at UC Berkeley. I need to tell you something about my graduation now. Okay. <laughs> uh, my parents came to my graduation. Uh huh. They left early. That's what my mom. So my mom left early and my dad came late. Oh my God. They left early. But they did it for the business. Yes. So my parents did it because I didn't get enough scholarships. Because when for us, I went to a little private school, and and like every, it was a very academically inclined private school. So everyone who would go up, they would announce your university, your program, and then they would um, they would announce your scholarships, like all the wow. awards that you won along the way. And I only got one, and um, and they were like, I guess I was sandwiched between two like huge overachievers. <laughs> oh no! But it like really embarrassed them. They were just like you and your one scholarship. Oh wow. my god, I got zero, dude. Like, <laughs> yeah, I didn't oh, think hugs. I got- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, was, the pain is real. <laughs> so when you say you were bitter about it for a long time, like I, I still think I am a little bit. Yeah. I still am because I'm like, dude, and they flew out for my brothers. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, <laughs> you took an airplane and I'm 40 minutes away from our house and you couldn't get someone. Like, Aww. anyway, but like going from that to, you know, my dad's after this my dad's yes please like my dad is uh driving down he's gonna drive down and he's in his 60s he's driving down for a collaboration star to watch me host oh my god he's like just i was like what is this (laughs) he's like oh yeah i need i need to be there and i was like okay (laughs) and it's so touching but i'm like this is a new dad it is a new dad and they're they're the thing we have to realize is that they change along with us right and we prove them wrong and you know, so they realize that, you know, in all the things that they did when they were younger, too, their parenting decisions weren't always, you know, the best. And <laughs> wh- what I think my parents are trying to do and maybe hopefully what yours are, are just making up for lost time. For sure. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. And hopefully Appa gets on the board with that. In Kim's I hope community. so. I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> These are very universal stories. Like it if is. I watch, I have a feeling I'm just going to start crying. I know it's like a lighthearted comedy, <laughs> but it's going to be so real that I'm going to just start bawling. There's moments. Yeah. When we get off the podcast, I'll tell you exactly how to watch it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Good. I mean, the daughter's trying to pursue an artistic career against her father's wishes. Oh yeah, my God. So. so it is my life. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, so we can... Uh, Start, start watching this show and eat i'm so hungry for um, barbecue that'll do it for this episode of the collab cast thank um, you so much thank you so thank much you for guys this was a lot of fun spooky, spooky oh halloween <laughs> if people Bye, want I to quit. follow <laughs> your social needs where where shall they where 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 shall they you go? just ruined it <laughs> They can follow Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Simu Liu. S-I-M-U-L-I-U. If they dare. <laughs> Excellent. You can follow the podcast. You just turned into Mr. Burns. You can, <laughs> you can reach the podcast. Excellent. I'm glad. By emailing us. Glad we're recording on this day. <laughs> at podcast at collaboration.org. Where, where's, this, where's this voice going? <gasps> Follow us. He went British for and a while, then he came back and he's like, go Canadian. Canadian. On Spotify. 
What? Google Play Music. Using words to British. And wherever you find your 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 podcasts, mate, make sure you subscribe. All right, <laughs> they're on Google. Please on leave Spotify. us a Please leave us a rating Apple and review. Podcast. Um, Thank you, darling. Special thanks to Clara C for use of her song for this week's intro and outro. You're gonna do it. Commit to the line, man. <laughs> Give me notes. Special <laughs> thanks to Clara C for providing this week's spooky tune. <laughs> we love you, Clara. You're a doll. You're a darling. We'll see you next week. Bye, guys. Bye. 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 What you looking for?